Broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline, you're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have three phenomenal guests for you today. The first half of the show, we'll be talking to Mr. Paul Farmer of the Salinas Valley Chamber, and he'll be telling us about the work they've been doing to get additional vaccines and resources into the county. And in the second half of the show, we're going to be talking to the uh, Gunther Miller Law Group, and in particular, Ralph Gunther and Clark Miller, about some of the things they're seeing related to bankruptcy during the COVID pandemic. You're definitely going to want to stick around for that. It's a great discussion. But before we begin, let me remind you that if you can't listen to our shows here on Power Talk on the weekends at 1.30, you can listen to us anytime on podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Just look for What's the Plan Monterey and it should come up. I'm Paul Wyant of Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. If you want to learn more about how we can help your business with employment and staffing, give us a call today at 831-920-1230 or you can go to expresspros.com. Mr. Paul Farmer, thanks for coming to the show today. Really appreciate it. I'm excited to learn more about what the Salinas Chamber is doing to uh, get more vaccines into the county and uh, of course, I'm always interested in anything the Salinas Chamber is doing. So if you could, you know, if, if, you're, if you could tell us how to get a Trader Joe's into Salinas or, you know, if that's, if that's what you're looking at. But anyway, can you tell us a little bit about uh, all the exciting things the Salinas Chamber is doing? Yeah. Oh, Trader Joe's. Oh, my gosh. That's like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that everybody wants. And Trader Joe's, you know, they, they get uh, – Lots of communities want them, and they're going to choose when they want to come. I know the city of Salinas has made overtures to them many times. Uh, but actually, what I'm going to talk to you about today is about things related to uh, coronavirus vaccinations, work that the chamber is doing to support us getting more vaccinations here uh, to Monterey County and to preserve the ones that, we, uh, that we've been getting. So, um, basically... About, I'm going to say four weeks ago, um, the county of Monterey, which has 1.1% of the state's population, at that time was receiving about 0.56% of the vaccinations that were allotted to California. About 0.56, that sounds like a pretty exact number. But basically, we were getting less than what we would get if it were just based on population. So the chamber has a government relations consultant named Kevin Dayton, and Kevin and I were on a call with Supervisor Chris Lopez, and I asked Supervisor Lopez, how is the state determining how they dispense these vaccines to different counties? And he said, you know, they're being kind of cagey, like they'll give you some information, but not enough for you to really figure out exactly what they're doing. So I asked our government affairs consultant, Kevin Dayton, I said, Kevin, I want you to get to the bottom of this, figure out what they're doing, because we're not getting the vaccinations here. So Kevin, to his credit, did a phenomenal job. And you can read about what he learned if you go to salinaschamber.com. There's a button for business journal. Click on that. It's open to anybody, whether you're a member of the chamber or not. And you can read an article on the cover that Kevin wrote called Monterey County's Vaccine Distribution Disadvantage. And what happened, I'll speak in layman's terms, uh, the state in trying to get those 
vaccines out as quickly as possible was relying on what they call an MCE, which is a multi-county entity. And basically that means like a Kaiser or a Blue Cross or a health system that operates in multiple counties. Well, Monterey County doesn't have one of those, you know? And so since that's the primary way that the state was getting the, uh, the vaccines out to the counties and we didn't have one of those, you know, we were left begging for scraps. So when Kevin found this stuff out, wrote up information, there's a chart showing all of the counties that don't have those MCEs. It's in that article. Well, we gave that information to the supervisors. Supervisors went to the state. The next week, the state changed how they were dispensing. So we went from less than, uh, fewer than 5,000 vaccinations per week to over uh, more than double that, over 10,000. And then also uh, shortly after that, it was announced that Clinica de Salud uh, also uh, did a grant and re- was awarded fi- an allotment of 500 doses per week per clinic. And Clinica de Salud has nine clinics in Monterey County. That means that's an additional 4,500 doses. So we went from less than 5,000 to about 15,000 within a week or two. So we're like, great, you know, delicious. Delighted to be supporting that. Everybody, it was like good, happy times, right? Now, and now I'm updating you on what just happened uh, recently, meaning yesterday. Um, there's talk about uh, Governor Newsom getting pressure from other counties saying, you know, trying to vie to get a bigger allotment of vaccinations. And now we're finally getting some. And and you, you may know that uh, 3,000 field workers were vaccinated this last weekend at the Salinas Rodeo grounds. So we're we're starting to make some progress and feeling good, but the concern is that a lot of other people who maybe are getting less vaccinations than they were before are now using their political power with the governor and others to try to sway that back uh, in a different way. So what the Board of Supervisors did uh, this week was they wrote a letter to the state because there's something they call the vaccine equity metric. And we've we've still got some challenges because, you know, people who are at higher risk, including poorer people, field workers, things like that, we have a lot of those in Monterey County, a lot of those people who need to be served. So the, the supervisors sent a letter and then the Monterey County Business Alliance, which is the Salinas Valley Chamber of Commerce, the Monterey Peninsula Chamber of Commerce, all the commerce, chambers of commerce in the county, the Hospitality Association, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, we all work together on this. And we uh, just yesterday sent um, a letter of support of that as well. So, I mean, we can talk about you know, different things going on in Salinas and they're making progress on putting a beautiful uh, Salinas sign uh, on arches over downtown. That's all well and great. But you know what? The top story every day right now is coronavirus. Give me the darn vaccinations and let's get them in your arms. So that's my story. Do you have any other questions? I'm sure. Let me ask a real hard-hitting follow-up question. Anything fun going on with the chamber? Um, so just for funsies, I'll tell you that uh, Mayor Kimberly Craig is having a corgi day at the park on Sunday. Socially distance, bring your corgi between uh, 10 a.m. to noon at Matibodak Creek Park on Sunday. So corgi's in the park on Sunday. That's tomorrow. Um, back to vaccines real quick. Do you know, are they still trenching them out only to people over 65? or how did you know what can you tell us about that well but you know what though paul now there are so many uh additional groups because now educators people who work in food service so as of march 3rd the county opened it up to about two hundred thousand people in monterey county our population is just over four hundred thousand. so about half of the people are now eligible to get vaccinated well thanks paul for coming on the program you can learn more about the salinas valley chamber of commerce at salinas chamber Chamber.com. 
And if you want to learn more about vaccination sites, you can go to their business journal and read the, the most recent business journal from the Salinas Valley Chamber. And you can also go to the County of Monterey's website. They've got a great informational website. Just go to co.monterey.ca.us or probably easier to just Google County of Monterey COVID-19 information. And uh, it, it should be the first site that comes up. Thanks again, Paul Farmer. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Okay. Well, that was a short first half of the show. Just wanted to get some of that vaccine information out there. That's outstanding news from the Salinas Valley Chamber. In the second half of the show, we're going to be talking to Ralph Gunther and Clark Miller, two local bankruptcy attorneys. Again, we're going to be talking about bankruptcy and the effects of COVID and how how they've been seeing things with people's finances going. So uh, you're going to want to stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few seconds. I'm Paul Wyant with Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. If you need help finding staff, give me a call. 831-920-1230. Thanks and stay tuned. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. For great employees, call Monterey County Express Employment Professionals, 831-920-1230. That's 831-920-1230. You're listening to What's the Plan with your host, Paul Wyant, on Power Talk 1460 and 101FM. Now let's get back to more of the show with Paul. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. We're back now with Ralph Gunther and Clark Miller with the Gunther Miller Law Group. You can find out more at guntermillerlawgroup.com. And Gunther is spelled G-U-E-N-T-H-E-R. So guntermillerlawgroup.com. Well, welcome to the program, uh, Ralph and Clark. Um, can you t- just both maybe tell me a little bit about the history of your firm and uh, about yourselves? Uh, uh, Clark, uh, if you want to start. Well, I, uh, I've been a sole practitioner in Salinas since 1977. I've been ex- practicing exclusively, exclusively bankruptcy since 1990. I represent primary, primarily as small debtors and uh, businesses. I don't do Chapter 11s. Um, I've had over 20,000 clients. Um, uh, it's been really, really fun. Bankruptcy is a uh, kind of a unique uh, part of the legal structure. Most lawyers are a little afraid of bankruptcy. And so a lot of relatively big names will look to you for advice and counsel and referrals, which is uh, kind of neat. And we have the unusual distinction of almost virtually all of our clients are happy with us. Uh, unlike most lawyers, uh, we very seldom have uh, unhappy clients because they, they really get a new lease on life. Um, because I've gotten to an age now where my wife is uh, insisting that I slow down. I closed my main office in Salinas and uh, I've moved in with Ralph Gunther, who has the Gunther Law Group on South Main Street in Salinas. So I'm going to uh, work with him. He's been extremely kind in letting me come in and uh, set up shop with him. Uh, but he's a much younger fellow. He'll be around for several decades and uh, I can help uh, uh, get him going. I'm really happy to do that. I'm really kind of tickled to be here. Ralph has an interestingly different story. And so I, I, I've been around for quite some time as well and, and have been uh, living in Monterey County since uh, 1986 and um, practicing with a a couple of different law firms during that time. 
doing uh, bankruptcy work the entire time, but uh, probably for the first 25 plus years doing um, creditors work. And so kind of interesting, you know, that uh, Clark and I ended up together because um, our involvement in cases was always on the opposite side. And um, one thing I will say, practicing in Monterey County, it, it is a small community, you know, everyone. And as a result, um, I think that there is uh, an emphasis on being cordial, um, being fair. Um, not not that you're not going to zealously uh, represent your client, but clearly you see these people all the time. And um, the last thing that you want is for there to uh, be ill feelings, um, notwithstanding the fact that our clients may not have uh, been able to stand each other in the same room. But uh, Clark and I, and, and, uh, and frankly, my involvement with all the other debtors attorneys in town, I think was always, you know, um, very, cordial. And uh, and the nice thing about that as well is we we got things done. And I mean, again, you can argue for arguing's sake, um, but at the end of the day, what you want to do is you want to be able to resolve these issues so that people can move on. And, you know, that's what we've tried to do over the years. Um, I had the, the opportunity to take over another attorney's practice back in 2014. And uh, so since that time, I've been doing almost exclusively debtors work. And uh, my one big regret is that I didn't start doing that much sooner. And, um, you know, what Clark alluded to just a moment ago, in terms of having happy clients, yeah, you always try to have a happy client. But what I will say in, 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 in what I used to joke to my kids about was, um, you know, if, if I was representing a creditor and, and did a bang up job, and at the end of the day, I'd have a file that would go to dead storage. And, and if, the, if the case didn't turn out quite so well, I'd still have a file that went to dead storage. And that was about it. Whereas nowadays, um, if you, you know, you finish up a case for someone and, and as Clark said, they get a new lease on life, um, it makes a huge difference. I mean, I, I see former clients, they will come across the street to come and see me, you know, and, and for lawyers, you know, that's oftentimes not necessarily what you want is your client coming across the street to see you. But, it, but in this case, you know, like I said, um, it really does make a world of difference knowing at the end of the day that what you've accomplished for them makes a meaningful difference in their lives. I, it's, it's interesting you say that because I've, I've read some, uh, you know, historical novels like their seventh president was Andrew Jackson and, and sprinkled throughout there are stories of debtors, prison and kind of various things, trials and tribulations regarding to people going to prison. And I think in some cases it's punishable by death maybe not in America, but other places, of just being in debt. So I, I, people don't necessarily under, uh, appreciate fully, I think, the, the, the wonder that is bankruptcy protection. But can you describe some of the stories you've seen recently or maybe with businesses or folks that haven't been able to pay rent or have lost their jobs and, uh, and some of the ways you've been able to help them out? Well, one thing I can mention to you is, um, strangely, you might think bankruptcies uh, are all the rave these days, but bankruptcy filings are down actually because uh, of a lot of the uh, government subsidies. Um, a lot of businesses are in trouble, but not a lot of individual bankruptcies. So what we wind up doing is counseling a lot of people about how to avoid filing for bankruptcy. For example, uh, you have to be in communication with your people, with your landlord or with your lien holder if you have a mortgage. If you can't pay and you don't communicate, um, 
you're you're cutting yourself off not from not not just from possible government benefits, but from the goodwill of your creditors because creditors don't want to lose you. They don't want to have an empty office space or an empty house. But you've got to be in communication. Um, and to my surprise, I'm, I'm very happy to say, uh, in general, um, most creditors who ordinarily would be uh, you know, taking people to court left and right have been incredibly generous in terms of allowing people to uh, delay their rent or lower their rent uh, or their house payments. Just I was just working on this morning. Uh, Wells Fargo permitted a person on 11 month deferment and they can place those payments at the end of their loan. Uh, not everyone's going for that. Some people have to repay it more quickly, but they got an 11-month gift of life. Um, now, that may come to an end at some point, although we have the new stimulus package, which is even bigger than last time. So it may be put off for a while, but there'll come a reckoning, and that's when people are going to have to come to bankruptcy lawyers for real bankruptcies. What's, what's your experience been, Ralph? Well, I, I, I think my experience has been the same in terms of the, the number of cases kind of falling off the cliff here. And, and to a great extent, that goes back to what Clark said in terms of government assistance, um, extended um, unemployment benefits, the, the extra unemployment benefits that were uh, being provided and, and are going to go back into effect, and the willingness by creditors to grant forbearance agreements um, to their borrowers. What has kept us busy um, literally for the last year are the existing clients that we have who are running into trouble with their Chapter 13 cases. So a Chapter 13 case allows individuals to reorganize over a five-year period of time. So they are our clients for the full five years. And, and our hope and expectation is that if they run into trouble, they're going to pick up the phone and call us because oftentimes there's a lot of options that, that we can provide. Well, one of the, the pieces of legislation that passed last year was the ability for individuals to extend the term of their Chapter 13 case to 84 months. So up until that time, the Chapter 13 case could extend only for 60 months. And so uh, that is allowing a lot of our clients who have run into trouble either through unemployment or through other issues associated with the pandemic to come in, to modify their plan, to stay in the bankruptcy, and to get the eventual discharge that they're going to be entitled to, but it's allowing them to, you know, significantly reduce their payments sometimes to simply allow for a, a forbearance of payments for some period of time. But it, I, I feel the same way that Clark does. It, it's, you know, you're our client, and uh, if issues come up, you have to pick up the phone and call us, and that's why we're here. I mean, otherwise, you know, otherwise, frankly, we wouldn't have had to come into the office for, you know, probably the last nine or 10 months. But uh, in fact, just the opposite. It's been a, a really busy period of time, even though we haven't necessarily been filing a lot of new cases. That's, that's great. And so if I have probably restaurants and hospitality uh, businesses are, are feeling a, a huge strain as well as individuals, what what does what are the impacts? Can you walk me through some of the impacts of either restructuring debt or um, actual bankruptcy? So, what would be what would be some alternatives that you could offer clients? The um, it can get pretty complicated with businesses, pretty restaurant type businesses, because different kinds of creditors are in a position to give you different kinds of treatment. 
whereas a, a landlord might want not to uh, evict you and might want you to get back into business. Um, there's uh, the uh, state uh, uh, EDD that wants their employment taxes and the IRS wants their employment taxes. And the IRS has put off uh, filing dates for personal income taxes, but they haven't, um, you know, they haven't uh, 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 said you don't have to pay your taxes. So, um, and if you have people working for you, you have certain standards you have to maintain that may be costly as far as protection of the public and protection of your own employees. So it becomes extremely difficult and complicated to run your business. The bankruptcy portion of it is more really straightforward because some kinds of debts you can cancel and discharge, other kinds of debts you can extend out over a five-year period, but the person has to be able to make at least a certain amount of cash flow, whether they're working or receiving benefits or running a restaurant. So we can lower what they have to pay to keep going, um, but we can't lower it to zero. A lot of people, unfortunately, even when we can present them with a chapter 13 plan that'll save them a lot of money, still can't afford to be in 13. They, they go completely out of business. And a chapter seven straight bankruptcy is something completely different. It's where you're basically getting out of business. Um, um, uh, the landlord's taking back the premises and you're not gonna be in business again. Um, what we're trying to do is um, keep people working so that, and keep people in their homes and with their vehicles so they can either keep their jobs or find a new job if they've lost their job. The, the, the wave that's going to happen is when things start to improve. People don't file bankruptcy when they're broke. They file bankruptcy when they're getting back on their feet. So when a, when a restaurant is getting reopened, when it's getting back on its feet, when it's starting to pick up its uh, cash flow, that's when you're going to get uh, Chapter 13 help to help them keep in business. Um, uh, and in fact, I, I'm always astonished that as many restaurants can stay open on a uh, just a mere takeout basis because they still there's still rent to pay. Maybe they got a really great landlord. Um, uh, I'll be happy to hear what Ralph has to say about that too. He does lots of businesses. So we, my emphasis, it not only is, is consumer bankruptcies, but we do a fair amount of work for businesses as well, whether they are a limited liability company or a corporation. But I mean, I think initially the, the, the first decision that needs to be made is, is it a viable business? I mean, do they have the ability to continue moving forward and to meet their obligations as they continue in business? And so typically, you know, bankruptcy, you're looking at, at, at that type of alternative for a reorganization when there's been some kind of disruption, but hopefully that disruption has come to an end and they're now in a position where they can kind of uh, go back to a, a semblance of normalcy. They're going to be generating a regular income, uh, which they can devote to making payments to those creditors that have to be paid and hopefully discharging other claims that may not have to be paid. And you can do that in a chapter 13 if you are an individual. So if you're a sole proprietor, you can file for chapter 13, or if you are a corporation or limited liability, company, you can file under chapter 11. 
And chapter 11 is a more complicated proceeding. It's, it's a, a more expensive proceeding. Um, interestingly enough, there was a new provision that was um, enacted last year called subchapter five of chapter 11. And uh, that has some expedited procedures. And so, um, you know, I would, I would welcome, um, you know, if people have questions about whether subchapter five of chapter 11 is, is appropriate um, or whether chapter 13 is appropriate, pick up the phone, you know, and, and again, um, we're here every day and, and we're more than happy to kind of walk through those issues just to give you an idea about what options you may have. And, and what Clark had said before is, is true for me as well. And, and that is, I talk to a fair number of people and, and basically at the end of the, the consultation, I tell them, you know, bankruptcy is probably not the best option for you. You have some other, other ways of, of, you know, dealing with these obligations and, um, to the extent that, that we can do that, and I, I, I speak for myself and I'm sure I speak for Clark as well, but to the extent that we can tell someone you really don't need bankruptcy and, and here's, here's what you should be looking at, I mean, we've done our job as well. So, I mean, bankruptcy is, is a wonderful resource, um, but it's not necessarily the right option for everyone. How does it affect, so if you do go choose for bankruptcy instead of a restructuring of your debt, how does it affect your access to capital or, you know, getting loans in the future? And how long does that persist? Or is that even a concern that you would advise someone on because they have bigger problems? People are always concerned about their credit. They always ask about their credit. People come to us in tears. Remember, nobody files a bankruptcy because they like to. People are frightened and uh, uh, are not in a good space. So you would never be a flip with them um, uh, or give them a flip response. But from a certain point of view, if you need to worry about your credit, you don't need a bankruptcy. You need a bankruptcy when your house is on fire, um, when your car is being repossessed, when you're being garnished, when your house is being foreclosed, when people are calling you at seven o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. Um, people aren't used to being treated the way that collectors will treat them. It can really infringe on the, 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 the quiet enjoyment of their lives. People find bankruptcy when they need to. and But we, we, we see our credit rating as sort of a, a reference to our character or our, uh, uh, our good qualities as a human being. So we're always sensitive to it. The short answer is a bankruptcy, strangely, a bankruptcy can allow you to rebuild your credit more quickly than trying to pay off debts that are in default. Because once you're in default, your interest rates go way, way up, often over 30%. Um, you're, you're, if you, even if you make payments on your debts, um, it, it results in just very, very few dollars a, a, a decrease in your balance over time because most of your payments are made up by interest. By filing a bankruptcy, clearing your deck, and then instituting good practices, paying your bills on time, not running up credit, keeping your good job, not moving around, doesn't make you a bad person if you move, but creditors like it if you've been a long time in one place. You can actually rebuild your credit more swiftly. Still takes seven or 10 years, but I tell people, no one's going to turn you down for credit seven years from now if you've done everything you need to in the meantime. Creditors have very short memories. I want to know what you've done lately. And if you've shown lately that you can put money aside in the bank, if you can stay employed, if you can keep your, your uh, spending under control. Um, on the other thing is I get to put in a, a shout out to a credit unions, both Ralph and I, some, one of our favorite institutions, our local credit unions who are made up of their members. You sit down with your credit union, and if you're in a debt situation, if you've got damaged credit, you'll be surprised how they'll work with you to try to get you a loan if you need it, particularly a car loan. Um, 
So credit's always an issue, but really it isn't the biggest issue. It kind of takes care of itself. Um, but uh, the first thing I would do is open an account at a credit union. After a while, they're going to call you by your first name when you walk in. And if you need a car loan, they're going to sit down with you and you're going to walk out with that car loan, even if you had a bankruptcy. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. But if you want to learn more about Ralph Gunther and Clark Miller, please go to their website, GuntherMillerLawGroup.com. And again, you spell Gunther, G-U-E-N-T-H-E-R, or probably easier to just call 831-783-3440. And you can get a hold of them that way. Okay, well, I just want to say I'm Paul Wyant, owner of Express Employment Professionals in Monterey County. And at Express, we find great people to help your business run more smoothly. You really don't want to be working all day Saturday. You need to find some extra help. Give us a call today, 831-920-1230. I want to thank my guests again today, Mr. Paul Farmer of the Salinas Valley Chamber of Commerce. And of course, Ralph Gunther and Clark Miller of Gunther Miller Law Group. And as always, I'd like to thank Mr. Mark Carbonero, the greatest producer in the business, and the great David Marzetti, host of the Saturday Morning Shag Bag Radio Show. He helped make this program possible, and you can listen to his program every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on 1460 a.m. and 101.1 FM. You've been listening to What's the Plan on Central Coast Power Talk, and I want you to stay tuned for Business Sense Radio with Mr. Edward King up next. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm going to change that tune. Get their kicks stopping on a dream. <laughs>